Amen. Peace. I thought about that in a, when they talked about in a still night in a, a canyon. I don't know how many of you have ever taken time to just spend some time with God. And I mean that in this sense. It's not just praying, but having communion with God. Do you understand that was what was so unique about Adam and Eve? It's the way that they experienced God. He walked with them. The voice of the Lord walked with them in the cool of the day. And that's something that we've been trying to get back ever since. And there have been times that when I've gone outside, and, I, and Debbie will tell you I like to build fires outside, and she'll say, I just washed my hair. But sometimes, but sometimes she'll come out there and sit with me. But a lot of times I just sit out there by myself, and I look up, and I see those stars, and there's such a stillness and such a peace. And I think about the God that put all that together. I think about how big he is and how little I am. And then it blows my mind that he loves me. He loves me in a very unique fashion because he proved it. How many of you ever had somebody tell you they love you, but they really never proved it? You know what I mean? Sometimes love, you know, when I first went into Debbie's family, they, everybody said, oh, I love you, I love you, you know, all this stuff. I wasn't like that. I didn't say love. I, I did not say I love you. So when you hear me say I love you, you better know it. You better know it's genuine, because that's not a word that I used. And when I remember the first time, I, yeah, Debbie means it too. She's always meant it. I had I had to get there. <laughs> but the first time I set her down, you know, I'd been dating her, and then I realized I was falling in love with her. And I told her, I said, I, I need to tell you something. I was very serious. I mean, very serious. And she thought I was getting ready to tell her I was an axe murderer or something. I mean, you know, I set her down, and I looked at her, and I said, I love you. And she said, oh, is that all? <laughs> and it wasn't, no, understand what it was. Is, is it was because she was already giving that love, but she didn't know how hard it was for that to come out of me until she started meeting some of the rest of my family. <laughs> and we all loved each other. We just didn't communicate it really. And then she told me, she said, I never forget. And I got a little jealous if I'm going to be honest about it because the first time she hugged my mom, she said it was like hugging a brick wall. And it was because my mom was very stoic, you know. But then mom melted and and something changed in her and she came back telling me about stuff that mom had my mom my mom had told her and I looked at her and I said I've been her son my entire life she's never told me that I didn't know anything about that but what happens is love disarms you see we have this tendency to keep people at a safe distance but love will disarm you and it's when you allow that love in that you begin to experience change. Amen. Everybody say peace. Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch. Hey, while I'm reading this, I, would you do me a favor? 
and let your mind go there rather than listening to my voice. Because this is one of the things I've always done. I've always prayed. I said, God, I want you to use me in the gifts. I've always prayed that. But I said, more importantly to me than that is that you allow the word to come alive in me so I can make it come alive to others. So I'm asking you to let the word come alive to you. I want you to go there this morning. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. 400 years of silence is broken in a single night. 400 years without a word from God. 400 years without a move of God. 400 years without a light from God. And angels break it. I want you to remember in those 400 years, they always had the promise of God. They always had the purpose of God. And they always had the love of God. 400 years are broken with a multitude of angels. I mean, I... I I've seen some stuff in the sky before, you know. I'm not a big UFO addict, but I've seen some stuff I couldn't identify. And then I thought I saw a planet moving. Turned out to be an airplane. <laughs> what I'm saying is there are some things that you just can't identify, right? There's some things that you may not grasp. And these angels appear, and they just are. I, I thought about the voices of angels and how that must have echoed, and it's declaring on earth peace, goodwill toward men. What a powerful message. On earth peace. What, what are they saying? They're saying that after 400 years, the silence is being interrupted because peace had just arrived on earth in the form of Christ. Do you understand who he is? Isaiah declared that he's wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the what? The prince of peace. And so what he wants to do is he wants to reign in our hearts. Everybody say the prince. Ephesians 2 and 14 said, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. But what does that mean for us, peace? The word peace in Greek is irane. It means quietness, rest, to set at one again. Say that with me. Quietness, rest, to set at one. At one again. 
Christ came to give us back what Adam lost for us. Adam lost that oneness with God that we had when we're separated from God because of an act of rebellion. How many of you have ever been rebellious? So see, let's not all point a finger at Adam and say it's his fault because the truth is that that, that, was a, that became a part of our nature. We inherited that. Some people say, oh, you got your nose from your mother. Oh, you got your eyes from your, your, your grandfather. Oh, you got your ears from, you know, I don't know. Oh, yeah. Oh, you got your rebellion from Adam. For we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So Christ came to give us back, to set us at one again with God. He said, on earth peace, and then he says, goodwill toward men. The word goodwill in Greek is eudakia. This is what it means. It means delight, pleasure, kindness, purpose. Now, can I pack that all together for you and, 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 and let me put it in a sentence that'll make sense to you. He wants us to delight and take pleasure in his kindness and the purpose he has for our lives. Peace on earth, goodwill. What's he saying? He's saying, I've come to set you at one again with God and to give you a purpose that's going to put a smile on your face, a song in your heart, and a skip in your step. You're going to find out that you're not just here without purpose. How many of you have ever wondered, have you ever been there? Have you ever wondered, what am I even here for? I mean, do I even matter? You know, do, do, do I have a God made you with a purpose. Everybody say that. I, I have, you're not an accident, you're on purpose. You have a, just grab somebody by the hand right now, would you do it? Grab a hand, look in their eye, look right in their eye. As you're looking in their eye, I want you to say this with me. You have a purpose okay now I'm not done yet look at him again and say but my per look look at him and say it with me but my purpose is better isn't that isn't that the way we all feel you know oh you got it you got a purpose brother you have a purpose but mine's a little better <laughs> let me let me cue you in on something because this is what happens is that when your world centers around you, it's going to fall apart. But when you make Christ the center of your world, you're going to find peace here on earth, and you're going to find pleasure in the purpose that God has for you. Everybody say it with me. It's, look at your neighbor one more time, I promise. I know some of you are getting tired of looking at each other. Look, just look at your neighbor and say it with me one more time. It's not about you. Didn't that feel good? It's not about you. Now, here's one, here's one to level out your ego. It's not about me either. <laughs> but it's all about him. Come on, say it one more time. It's not about you. 
and it's not about me, but it's all about him. And when we can get that right, when we can get that settled in our hearts and in our mind, can I tell you, you're getting ready to start on the journey of a lifetime because you're going to find the purpose and the plan that God has for your life. Kelsey was up here and she said, this was my first mission trip. I love what she said. She said, so I'm going to quit my job and do missions all the time. You've got no idea. I, I took thousands of people into other countries. You have no idea how many times I heard that exact thing. I'm going to tell, I'm going to say what I told them. I, I had a young, Ray, remember this guy, his name was Pat Hook. And Pat went with me, and man, Pat was ready to quit his job. And he said, I'm going to quit my job, and I'm moving over here. It was in Russia. I'm moving over here, and I'm going to, I'm going to do missions all the time. And man, I really thought the guy was getting ready to go home and quit his job. And I looked at him, I said, Pat, I said, I want to give you something to think about. He said, what's that? I said, right now, I said, I said you've got a good job, right? And he said, yeah. He said, I do. I said, so when you come over here, you're able to bless these people, Right? Yeah, I said, if you quit your job and you move over here, they're going to have to bless you. <laughs> they're going to have to, and, and he looked at me, and all of a sudden his eyes got wide. He said, oh, I never thought about that. And I said, well, I just wanted you to think about it. See, here's the thing. You have to understand because sometimes we feel like, well, my life, I've got things that need to change for me to be able to do what God wants me to do. And stuff needs to change. Can I share with you that God gave me a word one time? I was praying, and I was really bellyaching a little bit to God. I was saying, God, you see all these organizations that got these millions of dollars, and, and, and Lord, they're just sitting in a bank, and they're not doing anything with it, and you know what I would do. And I was expecting God to say, I'm getting ready to release it. Instead, what God said is, why don't you quit complaining about what everybody else has and start using what you have. Use what I gave you. And you know what happened in my life? The moment I quit looking at everyone else and measuring myself to everybody else and started acting on what God gave me, more and more things started coming through my hands. I never had millions of dollars, but we were able to give away millions of dollars worth of supplies. I'd have shipments come into my hands that I'm sitting there like a deer in headlights thinking, how did this happen? I'm telling you that there is a God that can do exceeding and abundantly above what you're able to ask or think. And I'm just simple enough to believe that God can use a country boy to change the world. Let peace move you. Don't live in turmoil. Don't live in friction and frustration it's a tool of satan and the bible said we're not ignorant of the devil's devices so we have to recognize when the devil is trying to rob us of our peace because if he gets your peace he's got your joy and if he gets your joy he's got your strength because the scripture said that the joy of the lord is our strength everybody say i got a purpose romans 8 and 6 says a mind focused on the flesh is doomed to death but a mind focused on the spirit will find full life and complete peace in john 16 33 jesus spoke this and he said these things i have spoken to you that in me you may have peace 
in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. How many of you have ever lived in a season of frustration? Wave your hand if you've ever lived in one. Don't you love it? I never met anybody that said, I'm so happy to be in this season of frustration in my life right now. No, it's, what does a season of frustration do to you? Exactly. It frustrates you. Everybody's looking, well, let me think about that. (laughs) It frustrates you. And if the devil can keep you frustrated, he keeps your focus. But the moment that you're able to release it into the hands of God, well, well, how can I release it? Because he already told you. He said, look, I've overcome the world. Oh, don't anybody get excited about that. Like somebody coming in here, and says, man, I, I just want a million dollars. Everybody be going, that's it. good for you. It ought to be mine. He said, I have overcome the world. Now check this out, because if you'll get this, this will help you. I've been made a joint heir with Christ. You know what that means? That means if he's overcome the world, I get to, I share in that. That means I'm an overcomer too. Uh, jump up and dance, Daryl, man. I mean, look, for overcomers, th- this guy is excited about overcomers class. He's always talking about it, and I'm thinking, look, you've got, to, you've got to be excited about what you're doing. Oh, I want, I want to invite you to come to church with me. You're going to have so much fun at our church. We really get excited there. They're going to look at you and think, first of all, you need to work on your handshake. <laughs> I'm telling you that people are looking for something that's real. And what, I, 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 don't, I don't want you to misunderstand what I'm going to say. But the relationship that I have with God is real. Real who? It's real to me. Because if it's not real to me, it's not going to be real to anybody else. Everybody say, it's real to me. So he said, rejoice, for I have overcome the world. I got so tickled, not tickled, but I I really appreciated when Joyce was up here. I thought, man, I never saw her get fired up like that. And all she was doing was reading the Scripture. And what happened when she got fired up? Exactly. Everybody else got fired up. She's there. They're reading the Scripture, and all of a sudden, I'm thinking, go, girl, go. And she's going, she's going, oh, I didn't mean to do that. And I'm trying to, go on, go on, man. Just because, do you understand? You can't fake that. That's got to be something that's real in you. And when it becomes real in you, it starts attracting others. Everyone say peace. When his peace lives in us, Wait, let me, let me go back and recap this a little bit. The angels make the statement, he said, on earth, peace. Okay, now why is there peace on earth? It's because Christ arrived. But you say, now Christ is gone, so peace is gone. What am I made out of? Rubber. 
before flesh and blood. He, he took the dust of the earth. He took some earth. Everybody say some dust. And he formed me. Then he breathed into me. Jesus makes a statement. He said, he said I'm going to go away. He said, the Father's going to send you the comforter. And he said, and the, the, the spirit of truth, he said, has been with you. He said, but now, he said, I, I, I've been with you. He said, but now I'm going to be in you. I'm, I'm made of earth. <laughs> He's inside of me. So there is peace on the earth. <laughs> you get it? When, when all of a sudden you begin to recognize, look, I am an ambassador of Christ. He has sent me here. He took, he did something with me that he didn't do with any other part of creation. He reached down and took the earth. That part that seems carnal, that part that seems like it's at odds with God. He takes that earth and he molds it and he makes it. And then he says, watch this. And he breathes himself into it. We are the only part of creation that God breathed in. Uh, consequently, there's peace on earth. Uh, everywhere I go, uh, there's a spirit of peace that overshadows me. Has your peace ever been challenged? Well, yeah, it has. Has, any, has anything tried to steal your peace? Yes, it has. That's why I guard my peace. Don't let something come in that will rob you of your peace. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men. What's he saying? He said, I came to set you at one with God again and to give you a purpose that'll make you happy. <laughs> to I know that, that, you know, we talk about the days in our motorhome. How many of you have heard about the motorhome? Frito-Lay truck, right? It's a wonderful motorhome. We got it in 1991. It was only 20 years old when we got it. Man, it had air conditioning. It had a heater. It had a big refrigerator. It had a big stove. <laughs> None of it worked. But it had it. Now you're thinking, how in the world could you be happy? Look, we're on our way to Rogers, Arkansas in January, and it's freezing. My family shoved up underneath the dash of the motorhome with a big blanket wrapped around them trying to stay warm. I have a parka on zipped up with one hand in my pocket driving with the other hand and I'd switch hands every 10 minutes but I was one happy person it wasn't about my surroundings it was about the fact that I was getting to do and share with others about someone that had changed my life forever I remember I, I used to do street services. I'd get a bullhorn, tie it on the back of my Jeep, drive down the street, and preach. 
Sometimes I'd, I'd, I, I thought I was going to get in trouble. I went into one town. They had a big auction going on, and the auctioneer was up there. He had one of those little handheld things. <laughs> Mine was like this. <laughs> I pulled up. Man, he's over there auctioning off, and he's going. And all of a sudden, I said, Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming again. Man, everybody bid. <laughs> They, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm saying Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Man, I'm telling you, everybody spun around. And, and, I, and I, I was just so excited. I pulled up on street corners where there was nobody. And I'd start preaching. And, and I was so excited. I had a guy come to me and he said, Brother Ricky said, I want to do some street service. He said, but I, I need to get, you know, a, a guitar player. I, I need a drummer. It'd be nice, you know. I mean, I need a piano player. It'd be nice if I had a drummer. And he's going through all this and I'm looking at him. And I said, look, if you want to do a street service, go find yourself a corner and start preaching. I said, if you're waiting for all that stuff, you may be waiting the rest of your life. We keep waiting for everything to fall in place before we make a move for God. I'm telling you, when you make your move, you'll see things start falling in place. Peace. There is a peace that he brings to us. He came to set us at one with God. His name shall be called what? Emmanuel. God with us. But then Jesus tells us that not only is he with us, he said, I am with you, but I shall be in you. So now I don't just have, we don't just have God with us. We got God in us. And when God comes in us, Everything he has comes with him. Peace and joy. Everybody say joy. Well, I won't go there because that's next week. Peace. Everybody say peace. Not frustrated, not aggravated, but peace. When you're facing challenges, you can do one or two things. You can focus on the challenge, or you can focus on the prince. I remember times in my life where, look, I, I, I was an evangelist for 21 years. I didn't work for anybody. I worked for God. I didn't have a group or an organization or anything like that. But this is what I'm saying. There were times that it got, I'm just going to be transparent for a minute, okay? There were times that I didn't know where the next paycheck was going to come from. And, and I, I, I had made a commitment with God at the beginning. I said, God, I don't believe I'm supposed to call people. If you've called me, you said that your gift will make room for itself. So I'm, I'm asking you that, that that's what's happening. And so I get in these spots and I'd be looking up to God and saying, God, you know, I don't have anything scheduled right now. You, you, you know, and so you get this, there's this like panic button that the devil knows how to push. And all of a sudden you, you feel like, do you ever have a bill come due and the only thing you had to pay it with was like monopoly money. And I mean, you're, you know, and so you're sweating it and look, there were times that I felt that come up in me and I'm telling you, it was robbing me of my peace. 
And I remember driving in, down the road in a car, and I, I, I drove out in the country, and I stopped, and I said, okay, devil, I'm not going down this road. I know what you're trying to do to me, and I am not going down this road. And I stopped, and I said, God, I'm asking you to forgive me. I'm asking you, Lord, to, I, I, that, for not trusting you. And I said, God, I trust you. I don't know how it's going to come. I don't know where it's going to come, but I trust you I can't tell you the number of times I prayed that prayer and I would go back and the next day there would be a check in the mail I look I, I I'm just telling you it happened I lived it out and I thought man when you refuse to let the devil have your peace God is going to order your steps he's going to direct your path and you're going to find out that he wants to set you at one again everybody say again I want you to stand with me right now. Whatever has tried to take your peace, I just want you to stretch your hands to heaven with me right now and say, God, I release that into your hands. I refuse to let the devil have my peace. In Jesus' name. This time of year, we do what we call March to the Manger. And it's when we bring a special gift to the Lord above our tithe and offering. That gift is used to bless other people. God has given us a gift of peace. And because of that, I want to give back to God, right? I thought about how that over the last few years, the march to the manger has made a difference. There's a group that went down to Baton Rouge, Louisiana right after flood, and because of the funds that came through to march to the manger, we were able to throw a Christmas party for those people, and there was a mama that came up, and she had five children, and it didn't look like they were going to have much of a Christmas and she found out that each of her children were not just getting a toy but they were getting gift cards and I watched a big old smile come on her face with Hurricane Harvey that hit Texas a few years ago a team went down and we went into a neighborhood they had been underwater for I think it was 17 days in the house we went in and the watermarks were up on the house that had gotten, I think it was like, if I remember right, I think it was six feet in the house. And the lady had been sitting there for weeks now. The water had been in there for that long, but then the, the house sat for weeks because there was no one to work on the house. There was no labor available. And when we went down and we went into her house and, I mean, you could take your finger and just do that and, and push it through sheetrock. It was just falling apart. And we started ripping all that out. We had, we, there, there was a island in there that had a stove. And I remember David Davis was in there and he grabbed hold of that stove and we went to yank it. You ever smell what water smells like when it's set for about three weeks? We didn't know there was a bunch of water still in that stove. And when we yanked it, and man, a tidal wave of whoo came out. By the end of that trip, we had stripped that house 
that lady walked in in tears and she said I didn't think I'd ever see this day she was hopeless but because of your giving you brought hope because of people that were willing to sacrifice their time and their labor and their talent it brought hope remember what I told you we never look more like Jesus than when we're helping someone that's hurting on this past trip when we went down and there was a mama that came forward I, I just want to show you how God works every every gift we, we had a a sheet that had been delivered to us with every boy and every girl in their ages and we had marked out every boy and every girl and had gone over it several times so we had everything set up then all of a sudden a 14 year old girl showed up but on the paper they had marked she was one that's wonderful for a teenager isn't it and I told her I said hon I said just just sit down don't leave don't leave without seeing me I said let, let me get through this and I said just sit down and and so she went and sat down and then we had another family that showed up that wasn't on the list and she had little boys and those boys were saying is isn't there what about a present for me do I not get a present and mama's looking at him saying well, buddy you you got some presents at home we go through everything there's a woman there that's got eight children her husband is on hospice all the children couldn't come the older ones were at home with dad and she looked and she said there wasn't going to be a Christmas for us this year but every child she had got toys got gift cards one to Walmart and one to Wendy's to go get a big frosty when it was all said and done and we were done and I turned around and the, there was a family that was there that hadn't signed up and but there was another family that signed up and never showed up and so we were able to give those gifts to this family and that boy's eyes got about that big and he was so excited and then there was that 14 year old girl and I'm thinking man what are we going to do and I start looking I looked around and I've still got gifts and I'm thinking wait a minute this can't be right we passed out to everyone I went and got the pastor's wife and I thought did we get every child they said yeah we've done every child we've got every child on the list and I thought well we counted we knew how many and so I thought well I wonder what these gifts are and I went up there and I opened up one of those bags and it said 15 year old girl <laughs> we took it back there and gave it to her she smiled real big and then we still had gifts left over and gave them to the I'm telling you that God can do abundantly above all that you're able to ask or think. Do you know how all that got there? Because of you. It wasn't me. It was you. You supplied every gift we brought. 
Because God had given you the gift of peace, you enabled us to try and bring that gift to someone else. One of the biggest things that breaks my heart is when I see someone that's suffering and in turmoil. And I said, I know sometimes I, I don't mean to, but my wife tells me sometimes I, I come off kind of hard. And I'm thinking, me? Hard? I mean, I think I'm like a teddy bear. But when I see someone that's hurting, it makes me hurt. And so I want to try and fix their hurt. Pastor, how do you do that? By sharing with them who fixed mine. His name is Jesus. We're going to pray today and we're going to end this service with you bringing your gift to the manger. But before you bring your gift to the manger, is it okay if I pray for you? Just stretch your hands to heaven. You know, sometimes people say, well, we're giving, you know, and, and we're taking to other places, but what about right here at home? Well, what you may not be aware of, and I, I would never give a name because I wouldn't, I, I, I don't, I, I just don't think we ought to do that. But just recently we had a young lady show up here that was nearly strangled to death by her boyfriend. Left her high and dry. She had a little girl. Came in and she felt hopeless. God touched her life and then Debbie went out and bought them a wardrobe. <laughs> Others that experienced loss and we were able to help them. I don't announce that from the pulpit because I don't think we're supposed to ring a bell every time we do something. But know this, your giving is making a difference for people. And because of that, I believe that God wants to make a difference for you. Would you just hold your hands up right now? God, I thank you, Lord, for our family. We're not just a group of strangers here, God. We're family. We're uniquely connected through your bloodline. I'm asking you in the name of Jesus, Father, to meet every need. God, to supply for them and give them what we can't get for ourselves. Give them your peace that passes all understanding. Give them hope that causes a smile on their face. Give them joy deep in their soul. And we thank you for these things, and we know that they belong to us because you loved us so much that you gave us your only begotten Son. We give you praise for it right now, and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.